0: Hey everyone, welcome to Narrative Live on a Tuesday evening at seven o'clock in the Eastern time zone. How was your Tuesday? Mine was gonna be very relaxed. We're just gonna read some, you know, read some material, <laughs> get ready for the show, nothing too too serious in a thousand pages dropped on my on my pet desk and, and it all came from the, you know the, the people of the Senate committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee they were very nice to provide that entertainment for all of us today. Uh, and we've all been pouring through those documents all day long. We're joined by a very special guest tonight, Glenn Kirchner, who's a federal prosecutor, also a former army prosecutor. You know him because you've seen him on MSNBC a million times. One of my favorite analysts on MSNBC, because you always make me feel yes. hopeful, Glenn, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Zev. I'm hey! a fan of all you all, so I am glad to be on with all
0: three of you all. Thank you very much. And of course, the other awesome. two people you see on your screen, Eric Garland, intelligence expert extraordinaire, and Lincoln's Bible, the mob authority on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> we are so excited about those thousand pages today. Actually, I'm kind of intrigued because it, it does actually prove a lot of us correct over the last few years. And it's always nice to be right. Better than being wrong, at least. Um, and this mm. was a, you know, when you reach back into the history books of this thing, it started with Andrew McCabe, uh, who sort of split up these two investigations into one counterintelligence investigation and one criminal investigation. And we never found out what happened to the counterintelligence investigation. I think today we probably got to see a bit of that. But you, Eric, you can set us straight if you, th- if you think that's a different version of events.
2: Sure, I, I would uh, correct you know respectfully that this started in about 1917 with the communist revolution and the Okhrana, <laughs> the, the, the Cheka, and by 1919, common tell in Russia is screwing with elections openly uh, until Stalin gets in. He's like, no guys, tone it down, do it covert, and they only had like a century of practice. And then later on, Andy McCabe also is involved in and in one of many many investigations. So thousand pages go. this morning, but there's a, probably more where that came from. A thousand worthy, thousand of, a pages. Thousand
3: pages. Yeah. worthy so, of a thousand pages. Yeah. Uh, worthy of a thousand pages.
0: Glenn, I'm sure you've read every word of the thousand pages. Um, have you? <laughs> well, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Uh, oh, do you have a do you have a top line summary of what you got out of the out of the document today?
1: Yeah, you know I think there are three top line summaries for me. One is that Paul Manafort, right, um, Trump's campaign chairman, was coordinating, was colluding and take it from somebody who has investigated and indicted and tried lots of conspiracy cases which looks like was conspiring with konstantin kalimnik who we now know we may have suspected it before but we now know is a russian intelligence officer so i mean stop and think about the fact that trump's campaign chairman was at least coordinating and probably conspiring to help the Russians cyber attack our elections. You know, Rick Gates might have been the named deputy campaign chairman. In reality, it was Konstantin Kolymnik, a Russian.
3: Oh, yeah, Glenn.
0: I mean, yes. this is the big headline yes. of the day yes. and everyone sort of says, well, we, we knew that kind of everyone's been saying that to me all day. And it's like, no, we kind of suspected it. I've well, never seen it put down in any official document, like in terms paper. of a finding as a committee a finding yeah. a Republican committee. It. Yeah, that was a big deal today.
2: It's it's finally an institution is finally doing it. But anybody that knows the intelligence business who has ever seen the euphemisms that have been sadly trafficked, while some of us have screamed at the top of our our lungs, there is nobody X, GRU, FSB, KGB. There's no X there. There's no exit plan there. There's no retirement. Uh, it's out the window the plan.
0: They, they get the window plan. Yeah. Kate.
2: There's, 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 uh, there's, there's Mid career plan is <laughs> the <or> Russian <laughs> window. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's the exceptional yeah. cases. um a- Anyone who's a linguist in the Russian military is an intelligence forever, um and you know. So I. What does know, that mean? What's the What's
3: the common word for it, Eric? There's a spy, so people can spy. get spy, spy. These are spies. They're spies.
2: Spy. You're spies. not They're not lawyers. They're not. Law- We're still calling Rinette, uh, ahmedshin uh, Achmetshin. Oh, he's a Russian lobbyist. He's a spy. He's this is spy. spy. These guys were working with spies He's all the time, and we've tried to say that Konstantin Kalimnik was a Russian intelligence officer. But finally, Senate Intel—it's on paper. An institution has said it. It's now safe. So, Glenn, let's talk about the legal implications of uh well, let's, 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 with let's, Russian let's, intelligence. Let's do this a
0: little slowly here because there's a lot <laughs> going on here. So, this is um, well, listen, this that is picture. Kalimnik. Oh. There he is with Manafort. This is a picture taken from, uh, well, way back when, <laughs> when they were in Ukraine, because you know they these two had a hand in subverting the Ukrainian democratic process um, way back when, when they right. uh, you know got into power. This guy, oh, yeah. uh, was his name? The Yanukovych, I think, was the was the leader totally. that they were in cahoots with, and he was Putin's guy. Surprise, surprise. And he ended up being. Uh, the Prime Minister or President of Ukraine. He also stole, I think, almost all of the Treasury, like $1.5 billion he got away with. Um, and back then, Kalimnik was assigned to Manafort by, we believe, Oleg Deripaska, um, which is a name that comes up a little bit later on. So it's interesting That's that Kalimnik- my cupcake. There he is, you know, with Manafort subverting democracy in, in Ukraine.
3: 2007.
0: Yeah, so it's a—it's uh, not a coincidence that we're coming to him now. Now, the committee did say something really interesting today, and you're not going to have a hard time reading it on this screen. But uh, in here, it says basically he's a spy, um, and that's the bottom part over there. But then it also says something else that's really interesting, and I. When I saw this in the in the in the in the committee report today, I almost blew a lid because it says the committee obtained some information suggesting Kalimnik may have been connected to the GRU's hack and leak operation targeting the twenty sixteen election. This was brand new; I'd not seen this before. I had been aware that he and Manafort had been trading secrets about the campaign; they'd been sharing polling results; they'd been doing all these other things, but I had not heard that he was in any way connected to the actual hack and leak operation, which was the hacking of the uh, the DNC servers and the leaking of that to WikiLeaks. This was news to me and they didn't give you very much more detail because every rest of it is redacted. Uh, Was I the only person to go nuts over this or uh, or was I wrong about not hearing it before?
3: No, I went nuts. (laughs)
0: you were nuts, too, because it's a big deal. I,
3: I didn't remember that. But listen, there, the hacking thing is two different things uh, that got intentionally collapsed into one. Um, so that people could go, emails, Hillary emails, right? So, but this is the hack of the DNC servers. Um right. That was a real Russian intelligence operation. We knew that Russian intelligence was behind this. We knew Putin was behind it. We knew they were, it, it's not just they were in a covert interference. They're committing criminal acts on us. They're attacking our democratic processes by doing this hacks, it's illegal.
0: And we, and we so had that's a why a people Russian got indicted. GRU people, right. yes, exactly. And so right. this is a criminal investigation already because these guys have been indicted. Now, if they're suggesting here that the kalimnik was part of this or had some ties to this operation does that mean he could be a co-conspirator in that glenn
1: yes it does i mean criminal conspiracies are not exactly written down in stone you No, know, there is no party of the first part hereby agrees to do crime with the party of the second part and they don't go down to city hall and file that <laughs> written agreement That's the way criminal conspiracies are born. Right. They are often implicit. Many terms of the criminal agreement um, can be implicit. They don't have to be expressed. Um, they can be born of a concert of conduct over time. Um, you know, So people think that uh, proving a conspiracy is more difficult than it actually is. Here's an example I use to try to highlight just how little evidence at times it takes to prove a conspiracy. Zev, let's assume that you and I come up in the same neighborhood and, you know, we've been known to do a little dirt now and then, a little crime now and then. Oh, yeah. And you on the street corner. Well, this is all hypothetical. Of course, yeah, of course. I've never seen anything. Um, so <laughs> we, we are out on the street corner late at night, rough part of town, and we see the proverbial little old lady walking across the street with a purse, right? I look at you, you look at me, we give a little nod, and then we go over and together we take her purse. We have just been involved in a conspiracy to commit robbery and not a word was spoken. If you take it from that base level of of evidence, of proof, and you build out what we learned from the Mueller report, what we've now learned from volume five, I think a first year law grad could probably walk into court and prove up a criminal
0: conspiracy, you know, hands down. So if we back up a little bit here, we know that Manafort was meeting with Kalimnik and handing over all sorts of information. In addition to Ukrainian politics, Manafort and Kalimnik also discussed the Trump campaign, likely including details of Manafort's vision for Trump's path to victory and the margins by which he might win. Manafort expected Kalimnik to pass this information back to individuals, sorry about the misspelling there, in Ukraine and elsewhere. So this is more than a nod. This was more like um, Manafort was saying to Kalimnik, here's this information, go give it to our
3: enemies. Here's how we get it done. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the critical information you need to install this guy.
0: Yeah. There's ah! The path to victory.
2: I don't- it's about i haven't victory. seen all the slides yeah but the thing that caught that caught me sideways there was one phrase and the stuff about it, he was involved in the hack yeah it's all one intel operation he's the point man they're gonna let him know what's coming mm-hmm. so that that kalimnik was involved with that and stone and Manafort. that made sense to me that didn't catch me off guard but when it said they got tony fabrizio's sensitive internal republican polling data, mm-hmm. which we already knew yes. if you uh, we were one of the 14 people that read the Mueller report with us, um, <laughs> then so you're awful. right on top of it. But, it's, but you, <laughs> if you know that kind of polling data down to the precinct, um, most people don't know how to interpret that. I don't know how to interpret it. And in the Senate Intel report today, it said Konstantin Kilimnik knew how to interpret that data from Tony mm. Fabrizio, and he is an He has attacked democracies for Russia and Russian intelligence elsewhere. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is a specialist. Mm -hmm. So this ain't just a meeting on adoptions, baby. This ain't just, oh, he's a little spied up. No, no, no. That guy knew exactly what he was doing in our political system when most of us don't.
0: They knew how to get Trump to victory because they had all this information available to them, including all the polling data. So when we look at those marginal, uh, you know, uh, votes that came in with 20,000 in Wisconsin, for example, they won by literally 20,000, maybe it was even less, you know, that's two votes per precinct. That's like tiny little amount in each place. So right. that's the kind of stuff you can really fiddle with if you have all this campaign data. And then on top of that, it says the Kalamnik later shared with, um, I don't know, a pattern. This is another one of these sort of associates that they have. Oh, yeah. yeah. What he had learned Stamp about Patton. Manafort's uh, campaign strategy at the meeting, including a discussion of whether Trump has a shot if he has a shot and why. Boy, that seems like a lot of uh, data sharing between a campaign chairman of the Trump. Glenn, campaign. Is that
3: conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> is that conspiracy?
0: it, looks, it looks like looks like one to me. And you
1: know, I know we'll get there. We don't have to jump there now, but. I sure hope that we have the political will to begin tackling this in January. I was heartened to see uh, Congressman Swalwell tweet out, in, you know, in unambiguous terms, we need a presidential crimes commission. Oh, I've great. been calling mm-hmm. Trump crimes commission for more than a year now, but yes, you know, you I, can, I, can little, I can give a little bit. We can call it presidential crimes commission. I think we all know who we're <laughs> talking about um you know, some people have, have come at me saying listen you're supposed to be a prosecutor you're supposed to wait until people are charged to announce that they've committed crime so how can you call it the trump crimes commission i say you know what i worked, learned from bob Mueller, and he meticulously documented as many as 10 federal felony obstruction of justice counts i'm comfortable calling it the trump crimes commission right
0: that's a good point. I mean, there already right. are obstruction of charge, uh, yeah. justice charges which should have been laid, but they weren't. Um, and now you've got all this other evidence which looks to everyone who sees this like collusion or whatever it was. Um, you know, there's the the definition that uh, Mueller was trying to. Let me pull this up on a, on a screen that so we might all be able to see it. But the definition that um, Mueller was trying to to get at, and it's worth remembering here, the special counsel defined uh, coordination as an agreement, tacit or expressed, between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. This is why this is so significant. Tr- uh, Mueller could not come up with this in when he, uh, when he came up with his report. But now this new evidence really does seem to suggest that it's there.
2: Uh, can I, just, just to be real precise, and, and Glenn, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, the Senate Intel Committee only has so much uh, ability to collect in and of itself. It can be privy to tr- top secret reports, but it's got to take in uh, stuff as in the form of interviews, is my understanding. I mean, it's not its own intel agency. Robert Mueller had two skiffs in his offices and could just pile the whole thing in. I, I, so I have g- g- doubts about he couldn't. I got questions about yeah, Bill right. Barr. Right. Was he allowed to? In fact, he deliberately
0: was trying not to, I think, find ways to. Oh, uh,
3: I really but want, to Glenn. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear. Glenn really want you can explain this. Yeah, No, I really want to hear. Think, Glenn.
0: Okay, yeah. a lot of this is my opinion and informed
1: speculation. Um, I think Bob Mueller felt competing pressures, right? He wanted to do a complete report. Um, he realized that he needed authority to take any significant investigative step. And he testified that he was not denied permission to take any investigative step. But like you, Eric, it's like there seem to be some disconnects here. Something. I think he believed that the um, the quicker he could move through this investigation, doing as much as he could as quickly as he could to try to bring forward to Congress, ultimately to the American people, something that was dramatic enough and complete enough, even though there are a thousand tentacles that he seems not to have investigated, and we can get to Bill Barr in a minute because he's one of my favorite topics, Um, I think he was trying to strike the right balance and 22 months in Bob Mueller's mind was the right balance. And here's the thing that I am convinced of, having learned how to be a federal homicide prosecutor from Bob Mueller, Bob Mueller's old school. Bob Mueller's war hero. Bob Mueller, you know, would make an eagle scout look like a do duel. Bob Mueller believed, I am going to package up Volume One and Volume Two, and it is designed to accomplish two things. One, it's an impeachment referral, and there is not a Congress or a politician walking this earth that will not draft articles of impeachment. Vote in mm-hmm. favor of them. Refer to the Senate. Hold the trial. Convict him. Remove him. And run him out on a rail. I have a feeling that's what muller thought, and he was sorely let down. I don't believe America was let down by Bob muller I believe America was I let agree.
3: down
1: by weak, scared, self-interested politicians. The, the second, I agree. I think Bob Mueller's. Um, uh uh, investigative report was designed to be and it is still this it is a blueprint for prosecution he not only meticulously the evidence but he preserved it for future use and that's why come january it's on i swear i wish i could be standing outside a grand jury room the minute after joe biden is sworn in and spend the next six months every day presenting every witness and every shred of evidence and all exculpatory information as well anything that cuts against the guilt of a target of the grand jury investigation because we're not obliged to present that constitutionally but we are by doj protocol and you know that i would do it for free just let me present the evidence to the grand jury of the crimes of these politicians and they are legion we could talk about them and they go and they run through the senate and they run through the administration and they run through donald trump's family whether you're a principal a perpetrator whether you're a co-conspirator whether you're an aider and a better whether you are an accessory after the fact so many of these people have criminal liability and we
0: have to have the political will to take it on beginning in january now, Sally Yates, by the yes. way, is speaking tonight. And she yes, is likely baby. to be the AG, the AG in any future uh, cabinet. And of course, Sally Yates oh, has a big role in the story. Amazing. And she's speaking at the DNC tonight. So keep, uh, keep an eye out for her later on. Um, sorry, Eric, you're going to jump in there.
2: Uh, no, I was just uh, excited about uh, accessories after the fact and uh, co-conspirator. I just, I, <laughs> I just love the smell of superseding indictments in the morning now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's oh, take baby. a look. Uh, LB, do you actually want to, do you I want to jump if, if, you, okay, go if you're gonna give me a, a go for it. What I wanted to ask you about the the role of justice in this, and what I, uh, you know, my background mm. is intelligence and, and geopolitics and, and diplomacy and whatnot. And war, of course, is politics by other means, but it also exists because there is no international law. Law doesn't exist between countries. It can by diplomacy and extradition treaties and whatnot, but if we really get at loggerheads, we blow each other up. Mm -hmm. Um, We have nukes here, so we probably don't want to do this, but what really caught me off guard was when they indicted the, the GRU officers, the individuals who were involved in an intelligence agency and they had their names down to their patronymic, their, their mm-hmm. middle names, their father's name, right down to that. And I had heard some rumors that, oh man, we're gonna get these, we're gonna indict these guys. I was like, really? Cause that that didn't meet my, my understanding of things.
1: So first of all, um... We had a national security section at the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia where I worked for 24 of my 30 plus years as a prosecutor and I had some very tangential involvement in like the serial Blackwater prosecutions that we we prosecuted, Um, but I never did national security work. I tried RICO cases, but they were um, basically gun, drug and murder driven RICO cases. We You know brought the largest rico case ever in the history of washington dc called the kevin gray rodney moore organization about 30 some odd gang members responsible for 29 murders over 10 years we did all that and that was great fun if you can have fun for those circumstances um but the national security practice is interesting and a lot of my good friends are still there so they investigate lots and lots of crime they indict relatively relatively few cases, they try almost no cases because it is not unusual for us to indict people beyond our jurisdictional reach in countries with whom we have no extradition agreements. So usually when we do it in the national security section at the DC US Attorney's Office, there is a larger goal and a larger purpose. I think Bob Mueller did it in part because he wanted to be able to announce what in the world was going on with Russian yeah. interference. And that's why we saw that remarkable, what we call a speaking indictment. A conspiracy indictment can be this big or it can be a hundred pages. And you know he opted to um, make a statement to the people of this country about what he had found, I think fully understanding This was never going to result in a trial.
0: Although it was part of a trial because it did get to be part of the Roger Stone trial. You've got, you know, Roger Stone was tied to Guccifer, Guccifer, however you say it. Guccifer was tied to the GRU and those 12 people of the GRU were indicted. We also know that GRU was involved in the DNC hack. We're pretty sure of that. And uh, we know that the hack details were released through WikiLeaks.
3: I like to drop the basics always as you guys know to keep reminding people because I saw a tweet recently about I'm still confused from a big blue check account still confused about what WikiLeaks is what Snowden was all of this stuff Mm. Um, and just trying to wrap their minds around this look it's a Russian intelligence front that's what it is Mm -hmm. and it's not a publisher just because they publish information they're using that to because they know it skirts around stuff but publishers don't hack they don't hack people's emails. Um, and then coordinate with political campaigns around what they're gonna release, when and why.
0: They're not a news organization. They're certainly not. They're request. not a news
3: organization. No. They're, no. they're not. Spies they, do though. They're develop. involved in, spies do this. Mm. And now a, a a Republican campaign did this for presidency. It, it coordinated, there's a lot of language in this. Um, volume 5 about how they were coordinating the messaging before that the hacks were released from WikiLeaks they knew what they were they were picking and choosing them they were coordinating the messaging they were pushing it through their PR stuff they were getting their memes all together like this is what they were doing it was an op guys yeah. it was that it was a narrative information op to attack a political opponent and to elevate Uh, the politician that they wanted and so it it, it doesn't just it's like the stuff with the post office I think this helps people get their minds around this of you know they did Louis DeJoy didn't just all of a sudden go Eh, I'm gonna attack the post office this morning right there's a tremendous amount of planning and coordination that went into everything we just witnessed and rose up against that's been going on for months to get certain people people into certain places. Well, it's the same with narrative warfare. It's the same. You have, they're Mm -hmm. testing, they're pulling up phrases. How do we position this? They're think tanking it. You have in there, you know, um, around another issue, right? With the, with you had political operatives, Chuck Johnson and Steve Bannon um, and Ledeen, right? Working with Peter Smith, who's now deceased um, threatening him right to getting him and getting those emails. Can you get him Hillary's server and we'll get these emails. And then if he didn't cooperate, Chuck Johnson sending him this threat, we don't care what fucking happens to you. Right. Let's all keep that this for later. Stress, if you don't mind, this, I just it. want to
0: get to Peter Smith a keep little bit for later. later. I'm just
3: saying,
2: yeah,
3: it doesn't happen out of the blue, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just like Trump stood up in the campaign and he was like, WikiLeaks, look what they got. I love WikiLeaks. Right. And it was like, he was reading it when we were <laughs> reading it. Yeah. No, that's not what happened. That's not how it worked, and and so that level of coordination is conspiratorial. This is a Russian intelligence front. Access was a
0: good example. Do you want to take people through that, LB? Because do you did you read all that in two days? Sure.
3: So 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 here's three things happened at once. Bloop, blub, bloop, blub, bloop, bloop. Okay. So all on the same day, you had all of the uh, top brass of our intelligence agencies testifying in front of the Senate. I think it was. Um, this committee, I believe, saying Russia hacked our lesson. We know, or hacked the DNC servers, We know they didn't. We know they're attacking us. We know, we know, we know, we know we're, we're uh, back from Russia at Putin's orders. There was no ambiguity about that. And then a couple hours later, boom, here's the Access Hollywood tape. Now we know in this Senate, uh, in this Volume 5, that the Trump campaign had a heads up about that Access Hollywood tape being dropped. It was a huge distraction away from all of these people testifying, all of our heads of our intelligence agencies going, yes, it was Putin is attacking us. Putin is attacking us. These are Russians. They're coming after us. Right? Access Hollywood diverted everyone's attention away from that with pussy grabbing, right? With Donald Trump and his gross tic-tac behavior. Um, And so then, but the Trump campaign had a heads up about that. So then there was Get in there with WikiLeaks. What can we have to distract away from this? Right? And so it was just this rolling bag of Stone
0: was the coordinating right. guy for most of these releases. Stone so on that was day,
3: coordinating all of that. He, he
0: had two calls with Corsi, one of his intermediaries, and he knew that WikiLeaks yeah. was going to uh, put these out because he wanted them out. He said, let's get the WikiLeaks stuff out right let's now. Let's get the WikiLeaks stuff out. In order to divert right from, um, from the... Yeah, uh, when, you, yeah.
1: when you talk about Stone as the coordinating guy, I was mm-hmm. sitting in... I watched most of it, when they dragged Steve Bannon onto the stand figuratively. What a punk. I mean, Mm. what a (laughs) little boy. (laughs) Because they had to impeach him. Because he was, you know, testifying, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it gets it gets a little bit tight. And they ask him questions about, well, who was um, the campaign's access point to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks? Oh, uh, hmm, I, well, let's go to your grand jury transcript, shall we? And they had to <laughs> pull that out of him. And when I heard him testify that Julian Assange was the Trump campaign's access point, that was Bannon's description. Oh, wow. Julian, uh, Roger Stone was the Trump campaign's access point to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks for purposes of these emails. I'm like and we don't have conspiracy indictments out the wazoo because why? You know, and uh, so I uh, I was pleased when I saw one of the top line conclusions in volume five that Donald Trump and the campaign directed, directed, didn't just passively benefit from, directed Roger Stone's efforts to contact and exploit and weaponize the emails from Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. And when Donald Trump stands up, didn't stand up, he answered written questions to Mueller. I don't recall any conversations with Roger Stone. Lied. Volume five puts the lie to that, and I'm always looking for what crime can be charged, what criminal offense is reported Mm. by the evidence, and it's only the evidence that we have seen publicly reported That's a 1,001 violation. That is a five-year felony false statement during the course of an FBI investigation. And it's all right there, you know, in volume five.
0: Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download.